the ability to market is what separates big companies from everyone else. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we help you unlock your potential freedom through land investing, real estate investing, and entrepreneurship. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Ryan Pineda. Ryan is a serial entrepreneur, YouTuber, real estate investor, former pro baseball player, just too many things to list off here. Ryan, we're super excited to have you. Welcome to the show, brother. Yeah, happy to be here, guys. Thanks for having me, man. So you have a unique background, especially with going into pro sports. Can you just kind of walk us through, start off by walking us through your life and what really led you to where you are today? Yeah, you know, the the five-minute version is I, I grew up just wanting to play baseball my whole life. You know, I, I didn't like real estate or business or any of these things. I just want to play sports. And, um, you know, thankfully for me, uh, I was very focused on it and I, I went pretty far. You know, every step of the way, I was always you know, one of the top players on the team. And so, you know, going through high school to then getting, you know, D1 college scholarship to then getting drafted by the Oakland A's and, you know, spending many years in professional baseball. Um, you know, everything was kind of like what I what I dreamed of. But, you know, during that time, probably around my, I would say, third or fourth year in pro baseball, I just realized, like, I'm probably not going to get to the big leagues, and this isn't going to be how I make money and all that stuff. And so, um, you know, it was during those off-seasons that I had to become an entrepreneur by um, just necessity, right? Because in minor league baseball, you only make 1200 bucks a month. So I wasn't making any money. And so in the off-seasons, that was my only time to, to kind of make money for the season when I knew I wasn't going to make any money. Real quick, guys, you know that I don't run any ads on this, so the only ask I can ever have with you guys is to help me spread the word so that we can help more real estate entrepreneurs make more money, help feed their families, and help achieve more freedom in their life. The only way we can do this is if you rate, review, and share this podcast. So the single thing that I ask you to do is if you could just leave a review, it would take only 10 seconds. It would mean the world to Ron and I, but more importantly, it may change the world of someone else. So, you know, I became a realtor in 2010 just to... You know, I'm like, well, this is this seems like a good thing. I can just sell houses whenever, and you know, that, that'll pay the bills. Well, it was way harder than I thought, and I didn't have like a mentor or anyone telling me how to do it properly. And it was literally the worst market ever to be a realtor because prices were at all-time lows. You know, even if you did make a sale, the commission was tiny. Um, everyone was bankrupt or bad credit, had foreclosures, and like, dude, it was literally the worst time ever right. to be a realtor. So whenever I hear these realtors today complain, oh, there's freaking no inventory, rates are high. I'm like, you guys are idiots. I've been through it. Yeah, you guys are soft. So anyways, um, I realized, man, dude, I don't like this realtor thing. This sucks. And so I started doing other side hustles and stuff. Um, eventually, you know, I had my first successful business, which was flipping couches. And, you know, not I won't go super deep into it, but, you know, I just started flipping these couches out of like just this crazy idea and it worked. And all of a sudden, I was making eight grand a month net from wow. flipping couches. And I was like, dude, this is nuts. Like, I just created this thing out of thin air and I don't even work that much. Like, this is great. And then eventually, you know, I got tired of that and that led to house flipping. And, you know, it was through house flipping that, you know, eventually I became a millionaire before I was 30. Um, ended up, you know, flipping 100 houses plus um, my fourth year in the business in a year. And so we've been doing over 100 flips slash wholesales, you know, every year since. 
And that led to all these other businesses that I have today and, you know, the social media following. And, you know, now it's like, man, okay, like today, I don't, I don't even know what to call myself when people ask. I'm like, I don't know. I do a lot of things, you know, I still invest heavily into real estate. We've got syndications now. We own over 500 units. We flip still a ton. We do, you know, eight figures of education a year. We do media you know, I, I've started a lot of different companies now. So now I would say I love being an entrepreneur, but, um, it was definitely a journey. Right. And you've, you've had, you know, a lot of different things that you've gotten into over the years. And there's kind of a gap between when you quit pro baseball to where you are today. Like what point were you like, Oh shit, I can take this to the next level. Like, was there a pivotal point in your career where you just realized you could do this full time and kind of attack it at scale like you are now? Yeah. So it's funny because I actually started flipping houses while I was playing baseball. So, you know, I, I really officially started in 2015 and I retired from baseball in 2017. And what happened was, you know, that first year in 2015, I was like, well, you know, I'm going to try this house flipping thing out and whatever happens, happens. And, you know, I bought five flips that year and I was like, okay, if I could just buy, you know, 10 or 20 of these a year, I'll be making some really good money. And so the next year in year two, I bought 20. And this is while I was still playing and practicing baseball full time. I was actually coaching baseball too for fun. Um, and that was the first year I ever made six figures. I made 200 grand that year. And I was like, wow, like I'm rich. This is crazy. <laughs> and you got to remember, I'm playing baseball with guys who are making 1200 bucks a month. Right. They think I'm like literally the Jeff Bezos, right? right. So then 2017, um, I'm starting to really figure things out because now I'm in my third year in the business. And that year I flipped 50 houses and made 750 grand. Wow. But it was, it was during that year that I was having my worst baseball season ever because dude, I was now starting to become overwhelmed. I was like, dude, like I got, I'm, I'm, I'm in the dugout freaking signing contracts, sending emails, doing all this crap. I'm not focused on the game at all. And you know, I just kind of reached that point where I was in my eighth season professionally and i'm like well it's been a good run and i've enjoyed you know every moment of this and i've got nothing um you know keeping me here like because because at that point i knew i wasn't going to get to the big leagues but i loved playing the game i was like bro i will play for free like this i don't do this because i know once i'm done playing i'm done and now i'm going to be freaking stuck behind a camera and a, a desk every day so I might as well just play in front of fans as long as I can. Mm. And, um, you know, sure enough, I did. And, um, yeah, that year it just became too much. I was like, all right, I'm not enjoying this anymore. This is, like, too stressful trying to manage both. So, you know, ended up getting released, and I was like, I'm done. I'm going to retire and, and go full force into business. And so, I mean, really, I haven't been an entrepreneur that long, you know. I, I went full-time into business in 2018, and um, – yeah, kind of the rest has been history. What What's the secret to your growth? 2018 to now we're in 2023. How'd you scale up so fast? I assume you have some good processes and people around you. Honestly, dude, I'll tell you this. Most entrepreneurs struggle with delegation and hiring and, and trusting other people, right? They want to do things themselves. For me, when I was playing baseball, I had no choice but to delegate, right? Because I'm, I'm literally leaving for six months to go play. And so either I stop doing the business or I figure out how it can still run while I go and do this thing. And so like my first 50 house flips, I flipped 
you know, kind of like not all the way in it because I was, I was out playing baseball for six months. So I had to learn how to hire a project manager and have somebody do this and have somebody do that. So I think I was fortunate by my circumstance to never fall into the trap that most entrepreneurs do where they never learn how to trust people. I learned it right from the beginning. You had no choice. I had no choice. It was either quit the business or quit baseball. And I was like, there's gotta be a way to do both. And so I did. And then, you know, in 2018, really the only difference was I just now had literally half my time. I was literally like, I was kind of playing with one arm tied behind my back the whole time, you know, doing both things. And so the moment I, I, I retired, it was like, all right, I'm about to go crush it now because I'm 100% all in now. And that's what, you know, that year we went from 50 house flips to 150. Wow. I don't think that I did anything revolutionary. I just think I had more time to commit to it. Got it. Who, who was your first mentor during this? Do you have someone that was kind of coaching you through it? Um, 2018 was the first year. Well, so like to backtrack, the way I got started in real estate was through watching Bigger Pockets. So, you know, I, I found the podcast and like that was enough for me, which is very rare for most people. But I understood by watching it and reading some books. I was like, all right, I get how this goes. And granted, too, I was a realtor for five years. So I also already understood real estate pretty good. Um, but yeah, during those early years, I didn't really have, like, I never paid for coaching or anything. Um, I was fortunate that, like, I developed a lot of relationships. So definitely, like, local people, um, you know, we would brainstorm and mastermind. And I had guys who locally had done way more than me. So I guess you would call them mentors. Um, but there was, like, no formal mentor relationship. Um, it wasn't until 2018 that I finally started you know, taking it seriously, because at that point, I'll be honest with you guys, like I was super cheap. And I was also super, I would say arrogant in that I'm like, dude, I have so much success. Like, what do I need? Right. And that's one of the problems with successful people is they success can be good and bad because you start to think, you know, you don't, you don't need to grow and you know, you've got it all figured out and then you get punched in the face and you're like, oh damn, like I, I really need some help. Right. So anyways, um, 2018 was the first year I ever started spending money on stuff. And, you know, I went to Grant Cardone's 10X conference here in Vegas. And, um, you know, I saw all these guys speak. I bought freaking Russell Brunson's program. I bought Ty Lopez's program. Because I at that point in 2018, it became clear to me that everybody was playing too small in the real estate space of like, well, yeah, we, we want to get better at real estate. There's lots of masterminds and coaching for that. Like I'm already doing that. But to me, this thing of the internet and social media, even back in 2018, I was like, that's it. Like these guys who are only focused on just getting more deals, they don't see the bigger picture of this. And so 2018, um, that kind of opened my eyes. And then 2019, um, you know, joined more masterminds. Like I joined, I think, Go Abundance. I joined Collective Genius. I joined you know, all these different things. And, um, they definitely helped my real estate business a ton. And, um, I'm very grateful to, to be in all those masterminds and to have been in, you know, other ones too. And, but you know, once I got in the social media space, I just realized that's really where the money's at. And it doesn't even have to be an education. It's just attention and brand and being able to market. Marketing is the biggest skill, um, that literally I would say, I possess far better than real estate or anything else. That's like this skill can be used for anything. 
you know, like your skills in real estate, they're, they're, they can somewhat translate to other industries, but not really. Right. Marketing translates to anything and everything. And if you can market and get leads, you're going to crush it. And no matter what you do. Sound like Hormozy there. He says, everything can be stripped of you, but if you still contain, if you can still get leads and still fulfill the top of funnel, then you can really create any business out there. Yeah. And that, that just occurred to me back in 2020, you know, when I was just a real estate guy, I mean, back in 2020, I had already flipped hundreds of homes and I didn't watch YouTube or TikTok or any of this stuff, but I started to see these guys on YouTube because everyone was telling me about them um, who were making hundreds of thousands a month just on YouTube. And I'm like, wait, these guys make hundreds of thousands a month with no overhead, no risk, no employees from their house. And they're, they're just talking about the thing and they're not even doing the thing. I'm like, these guys are, they're my friends now. So I, I told the story a million times and it's just like, I'm like, these are the guys you guys look to. They own like four houses. Like, what are we talking about here? And it just became apparent to me where I was like, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to learn what they know. Like, I'm not going to be a hater. Like a lot of people would, I'm just going to do what they do, but I'm going to actually have credibility to back it up. And I'm going to tell like the audience, the things that they just don't know because they would never learn it from them. They don't, they, they just don't know. And so yeah, it started to go off pretty quickly. And I think I was one of the first guys on TikTok because no, no entrepreneurs were taking it serious back then. They thought it was just some kid's app. And I kind of mastered the short form very early. And, you know, that, that definitely helped a lot of things. But um, yeah, the more that I got on social media and the more I, I understood content and marketing and funnels and all this stuff, the more I realized like, man, dude, this is it. Like the ability to market is what separates big companies from everyone else. And, you know, now it just leads to more opportunities. You know, you mentioned Hormozy earlier. It's like, you know, I got a chance to, to meet him back in 2020 or 2021, well before anyone else really knew who he was, because I understood, like when I saw his stuff, I think at the time he had 10,000 subscribers. I was like, this guy gets it. He's going to blow up because he already has credibility and he understands what's important. Right. And so, you know, he's far ahead of me in business, but I had kind of, well, actually I shouldn't even say like on the content side, I was ahead of him because he actually has been doing it a really long time. You know, people don't realize that. I mean, right. he's had his podcast for like since 2017. So he's been actually doing both way longer, but he finally came to the realization, you know, post COVID that that was the way to go too kind of the same realization I had as well. Nice. So one thing, Ryan, that you kind of like looking at social media, talking to you, you said like, I've had all these businesses, I'm doing all these businesses. But one key thing from Ryan guys is he flipped 200, 300 houses before he went into anything else, made millions of dollars. And I know you talk about it, Ryan, like not spreading yourself too thin. Um, but you're also attacking a ton of things. Can you talk about that? Like balance? Cause you are constantly adding new businesses to your portfolio but you also became an expert. Like very few people flip 200 houses, 300 houses in a couple of years. You became an expert of that before you did anything else. Can you talk about that kind of balance? Yeah. So I have a framework that I call make, manage, multiply. And it took me years to realize that this is the proper way to do things. And so, you know, stage one is the make stage, right? And for me, for anyone listening to this, until you can figure out one skill that makes you 250 grand, you cannot do anything else. So 
whether that's flipping land, flipping real estate, doing online content creation, being a sales guy, marketing agency. I don't really care what you do, but figure out how to make 250 with one skill. Because most people are wasting their time making, oh, I make 20 grand doing this little side hustle. Then I make 100 grand as an agent. Then I'm also working on my Airbnb. I'm like, you're an idiot. You're never going to get anywhere. So you got to figure out how to go all in on one skill. For me, that was house flipping, right? So I said, I don't give a crap about anything else. I'm not going to worry about social media. I'm not going to worry about any of this other stuff. I'm going to become a master at house flipping. Once you get past 250, you enter the new stage, which is the managed stage. And this is where you got to learn how to do something completely different. It's now manage people and teach them the skill that you know. So it, it doesn't matter what skill you learn in stage one. The management stage is the same for everyone. Now you have to learn how to do org charts, SOPs, hire, fire, hold people accountable, you know, figure out right people, right seats, figure out what's the optimal use of your time. You know, and most people never really get past this stage because they just can't figure out how to be a business owner, right? It's very different than being the skill guy. So, you know, you go through that stage and then you get to stage three, which is multiply. Well, you know, I don't think you've reached that stage. So your business has done over a million bucks and you know, once you've done a million bucks, it becomes like, okay, well now how do I multiply this money? Right. I have, I have resources now, you know, I've built a business. I understand what it takes to build a business. Like I have pedigree now and with multiply, you can do a number of things, right? You could double down on your current business and go, all right, let's get this to eight figures or multiple seven figures or whatever it is. You could start investing. This is when I actually recommend investing you know, cause like to me, house flipping isn't investing. It's just, it's active income. You're just trying to make money. It's a business. Um, investing to me is all right. Now I'm gonna start buying rentals. I'm gonna start buying multifamily. I'm gonna start doing whatever, right? You're, you're making money. You actually have a tax problem now. And so investing makes sense. Um, I hate when people try to buy rentals when they're making a hundred grand a year. Um, if you're going to be a W two person who makes a hundred grand, all right, I have no problem with you buying rentals and like saving money and building your portfolio. That's great. I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to the entrepreneur who wants to build something big. Okay. And so if you're an entrepreneur who wants to build something big, trying to go figure out how to go get a rental property that makes you a hundred bucks a month in cash flow when you could have just put that in your business and time and effort into growing it to a multi, you know, a million dollar thing. It's stupid. It's a waste of time. So, you know, as a real estate guy, a lot of people disagree with me and I'm like, you guys just, well, you know, anybody who ever tells me that hasn't had very fast success. They, they just kind of want to do whatever. I'm like, whatever. So anyways, in the multiply stage, you can invest, you can double down, or now you've earned the right to start a third business or sorry, a second business, another business, right? It's like, okay, well, if you've developed skills that you understand how to manage people and run sales teams and run marketing departments. You understand how to do that? Well, then yeah, you can start another business because that skill set is going to serve you for whatever the next product or service is. And so for me, you know, the only reason we're able to start new businesses and acquire businesses because it's not really different. You know, like the process of creating an offer, building out a sales team, building out the marketing team, building out, you know, everything that's needed for the business to operate is very similar no matter what you're selling. And, um, you know, there, there are nuances to each industry that you got to be aware of, but once you figure those out, 
you know, it, it's just kind of like running any other business. It's sales, marketing, and operations. And that make, manage, multiply works with any industry. It doesn't matter if you're house flipping, land flipping, anything like that. Make your, yeah. what you're saying is make that cash, whether house flipping and land flipping are very sim similar, they are not long-term investments. You're getting cash accrued fast. And then like you're saying, once you make the money, then you can get those tax write-offs, correct? Like those long-term rental properties you make a million bucks, then you can write a lot off. Yeah. And people always say they're like, but dude, you know, I'm going to pay 20 grand in taxes this year. I'm like, what do you do, dude? Freaking, you don't have a tax problem. Okay. Like go make more money. Once you have a six-figure tax problem, then all right, let's talk about it. Um, you know, because at that point, you're worried about you're worried about the wrong things. If you're trying to scale, your goal isn't to figure out how to save. Your goal is figuring out how to grow and earn. Your earnings will outpace what you owe on taxes. That should be your goal. So, you know, I, I always tell people, I'm like, don't worry about the rentals. Like, you'll buy them down the road. You know, and I, I just use my own life as an example. They're like, dude, do you regret? selling like should you have kept your flips in the beginning imagine how much equity they would have i was like there's no way i'd be where i'm at today i needed the cash to grow my business that just it wouldn't have been possible to be where i'm at today and guess what every year from now on to the rest of my life i can buy hundreds of units maybe even thousands of units every year because i built a strong foundation the right way so no i'm not like behind because i didn't buy rentals eight years ago I'll be just fine for the rest of my life buying them. And, you know, the thing is, too, once you develop the skill set I'm talking about and the relationships and everything that you have, let's just say I lost it all tomorrow, okay? I mean, I could go build it back very instantly. This is very different than the W-2 guy who, you know, let's just say for 10 years they're stacking rentals and everything, and, like, one event wipes them out, Right? which can happen. Okay. One event wipes you out. Well, you didn't really develop any skills or anything like, so you are truly wiped out and you don't really know what to do about it. Whereas for me, if I get wiped out tomorrow, I got no doubt within a few years, I'll be back probably even further along. I, I want to reiterate a point, Ryan, because you talked about, you know, someone who just started a business, they made, made a hundred, let's just say they made a hundred grand off the business. Uh, they start looking for other rental properties and, you know, they're looking too soon. They need to focus and hone in on their own business. And I like to just say to our members and people out there, it's like fueling the fire. You know what's working. You want to keep plowing everything in it. Ron and I didn't take out any money from this business until we made good seven figures uh, in the business. And we just kept pushing money back in and back in. It, it paid off eventually. But I feel like that's so hard for people to grasp that concept because they, they come into business thinking with the mindset, how much can I make? They want to just take it all and start spending it or, you know, get out of their job, whatever it is. How do you think you balance that mindset in terms of reinvesting it in the business and fueling the fire like you're talking about? Well, I think that maybe people just have the wrong strategy from the beginning and they just have all these false beliefs about like how wealth is created because it's very easy to find tons of content and people saying, dude, buy a rental. This is the way to wealth. This is the way you do it. And so it is the way you do it for, I would say, let's just say 90% of the world. They are right for 90% of the world. I used to be a hater of Dave Ramsey, like just to give an example, because I'm like, dude, his advice sucks. Like why? 
I would never do that. But it's like, no, actually his advice is really good for like 90% of the world because right. 90% of the world just can't manage their money and they have no discipline and they're right. never going to earn more money, you know, like in a quick way. They're going to just kind of like progressively move up. And so, you know, as I've gotten older, I've realized like, no, actually his advice makes a lot of sense and he's helping a lot of people um, who are that 90%. What I'm talking to is the 10%. Okay. Or even the 1% of like people who want to make money fast and who want to build their wealth fast. It's like, it's funny because it's, it's counterintuitive that your wealth builds faster when you don't buy rentals, you know, because that's just, it doesn't make sense from what you've been told forever, but that's actually how it works. Like if you can build a million dollar business today, right. Versus just slow rolling one rental a a year for 10 years. You know, if you can get to a million dollar business in three years, okay, the seven years after that, how many rentals are you going to buy? You know, and then what are you going to do the next 20 years? Like, you're just going to kill it. Like, it's not even a debate, right? So for me, I'm just like, guys, see the big picture of it. And, And also, too, it's just like, you do buy a rental, you make 200 bucks a month max, like, what, like, at what point do you ever think you're rich? You're not. Right. Like, it's not changing my life. But if I can go flip a house that makes me 50K today, that's going to change my life very differently than 200 bucks a month. Yeah. And some people back into that. Like, for me, I bought a salon, like a commercial property. Ron and I bought a salon back in, like, 2017. And then I real and I had a W two job still. And then I realized, oh, I'm not. There's no way I'm going to be able to get out of my job from you know rental properties. It's going to take a lot more. And then we got into building businesses and things like that. And that's where the real money is: is building these businesses, building these systems, building building something you can eventually sell. And that's where the ultra ultra rich, I think, build their wealth ultimately. But Ryan, what are your future plans for real estate? I saw now you're in uh, syndications. Um, you've done a ton of different things in real estate. You still have these businesses you're managing. What are your future plans? Yeah, I think you hit one of them on the head where it's like, I started out as a real estate guy and that was how I've made my money initially. But I do not believe that that's how I'll make the majority of my money, you know, at the next level. It just isn't. I mean, when you look at, you know, uh, billionaires, I want to say the statistic I saw was 7% became a billionaire from real estate. 93% became billionaires from business. And so it's like, all right, well, that, that, that kind of like is overwhelming evidence that business supersedes real estate if you're able to do it. The reason that I love real estate, just so everyone knows too, and the reason why I still stay in it and love it, is that to me, it is something anyone can get into. You don't need a special skill. It's going to be around forever. You don't really even need to be innovative or have a special product or USP or place in the market. Anybody can do it and become a millionaire. Anyone can do it and become a decamillionaire, right? Like truly, if you just do it long enough, you will crush it long-term in real estate. Not everyone can become a YouTuber. Not everyone can go build a legit, you know, product and business and service. It's way harder to do those things than real estate. Real estate's far easier. So, I mean, to that end, when, when I just say like, um, you know, if we're talking about business and stuff, I just want people to know I love real estate. And if I had to do it all over again, I'd do the exact same path because I had no skills. It's like, dude, okay, real estate, I can do that. A guy with no skills who has hustle, 
I can go make money in this thing by myself. I don't even need a team. And that's exactly what I did. And we've had, you know, tons of students do the same. So I love real estate as anybody, you know, just getting started. And the cool thing about real estate, when that becomes like the first thing you do is that when you start making money in other things, you know exactly what to do with it. You can go reinvest it now because you're making money in all these other things. And so that's like the ultimate goal is like, all right, your foundation's in real estate. Now you get into business and other things, and then they make you more money. And then you throw it back into real estate to offset your taxes. And, you know, cause you're already good at it. That that's the game that everyone should aspire to get to in real estate. Because at the end of the day, you know, there's a cap to house flipping. There's a cap to wholesaling. Um, and even multifamily. I mean, we're talking about syndications too. Like the biggest syndicators don't really make that much money. I mean, I was, I was, I had Brandon Turner on my podcast, um, like a month or two ago. And we were just talking about it. I mean, he's like, what he's done is incredible. I mean, he's, he's got a billion dollars of real estate in just a few years. And I was like, Brandon, tell the audience, cause I already know the answer, but just tell them how much are you making right now from your syndication? He goes zero. The last three years I've made no money from my syndication. I go, exactly. Like what does happen in syndication is once you build it out, you know, five, six years, seven years from now, you start exiting each deal and, you know, you get fat chunks here and there, right? And that's great. I mean, this is a dude at the top of the game, a right. billion dollars of real estate. He's telling you he makes no money, okay? And he's got to withheld, he's got to basically, you know, get through that storm the next seven years until he really starts getting paid. So he's got to make money in other ways and, you know, all that stuff. But, um, even when he starts to sell those properties off, I mean, he might personally, you know, make a couple million bucks on every deal. Like that's just what he'll probably make on each deal. And I'm like, man, dude, I can build businesses that make a million bucks a month. Like right now, like, why do I got to wait seven years to go try and do that? Right. So it's not that I think syndication's bad. It's just like both should really happen. And I actually had a conversation with Grant Cardone about this because I don't know why people think this. Maybe I'm the only one who knows the truth because I'm in both the education and the real estate space. But whenever I talk to other people, they're like, dude, Grant makes all of his money in real estate at Cardone Capital and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> That's just not true. Um, they're like, well, dude, he's got all the fees and all this. And, you know, he's getting that. And I'm like, dude, he, he let's just say he makes 10, 20 million in fees a year. I don't know what he makes, but... If he has a billion dollars under management, 1% is, is 10 million, right? And then he goes out and acquires some deals, right? And so he makes another 10 million there, right? And then there's people who will say he does all these other things too. But even on a high scenario, let's just say it's 30 million, okay, in revenue, right? It's like, well, dude, his other stuff is going to make 100 to 200 million this year in education events, which have higher, higher margins that he owns the whole piece of the pie, you know, in syndication investors own most of it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Cardone's making his money from business. He's not making it from real estate. He's using real estate to offset his taxes from his business. That's the game he's playing. And so once people really start to understand, like, you know, flipping, wholesaling, all that stuff is like, kind of like the great way for anyone to get started. And you could quit there and be very successful. You could just make a million bucks a year 
like at a very high level and like, dude, you got a great business. Nobody's hating on that, right. but you will not get to 10 million, 100 million and everything. You got to go to business and right. even syndication doesn't really get you there. Um, you got to go to business. Makes sense. So as we told you, we're a land investing focused podcast. Have you ever bought or looked at or have experience with vacant land in general or any of your flipping companies in general have? Yep. So my best deal ever was land. Um, so back in 2020 during the pandemic, I was like, dude, I'm going to buy a piece of land for me to go, um, build my dream home on. And so I started looking for months and finally negotiated a super sweet deal. Um, I actually bought two acres on a mountain and you can go watch on my YouTube too. But at that time, um, I already knew I stole it and I just knew it was so undervalued and all these other things. And I ended up getting it for 620 grand today. They're, they're now developing three to $5 million homes around the land. They're selling quarter acres for over a million dollars. And I've got my plot listed right now for 5.5 million. So in the span of three years, I'll, you know, <laughs> hopefully make, you know, whatever, four to 5 million. And so, yeah, I've got a lot of things going on with land. We're buying um, land in Costa Rica right now um, to build a second home. So actually what I'm going to really nice. do is sell that land because I already got a different house that I love. So I'm going to sell that lot, put some of that money into Costa Rica, you know, put some into other stuff. But yeah, we're doing that. And then, yeah, I want to actually build a golf course community too. So <laughs> like I, I've got big plans for land. Wow. Yeah. Damn, that's not the first time I've, or Ryan, that's not the first time I've heard someone like just not run into a land deal because you were looking, but like we hear it all the time. We have wholesalers come into our program who's flipping houses. They're like, yeah, this person sent, sold me their piece of land. Uh, I, I had someone the other day I talked to, they like, I bought this house and this land for $120,000. I made 5000 on the land. I made $60,000 or I made 60000 on land and 5000 on the house. Like people are running into land deals. So you're, you're trying to develop an entire community right now in Vegas? Um, no, not in Vegas. So what I'm trying to do is this is a totally unique idea that I've never seen done before. Um, so the, the property I'm buying in, in Costa Rica is part of, um, discovery land company, if you guys are familiar with them. So like for those who aren't they're they're like literally the biggest luxury builder in the world. Um, it's where all like the billionaires and millionaires and celebrities buy their homes and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like the cheapest home you can get in discovery is like 10 million bucks. Okay. So, and they have like 30 of these worldwide. Um, so anyways, this Costa Rica one, love the community, super sick golf courses and amenities and all that. And it's just like an amazing place to network because you already know you're only around ballers Two, Um, it's just going to be a great second home spot. Like, it's like living on a resort. And then three, it's a great investment. I mean, like we could be all into this home for, let's just say 5 million. And it'll easily be worth 10 to 15. So like, it, it's just, it checks all the boxes, right? And it'll be good content for being social media, right? So, you know, I'm going through this process, buying the land and um, doing all this stuff. And it just occurs to me, I'm like, dude, this is actually not that complicated. Like they bought a piece of land, they're pre-selling lots. Those lots fund the next part of the development. Like as long as you can sell lots and sell a vision, you don't even really need to raise capital. You know, 
you could go seller finance the land, pay them off with each lot sale and just like self-fund it. And it became, it occurred to me, I'm like, it's actually not that hard to do. And I started to think, I'm like, all right, well, I'm the ideal buyer for something like this, obviously. So I can build it for just literally what I want, what I would want in a golf course, what I would want in amenities, the the type of location that I would want. If all those things line up, I'm sure other people are going to want it too. I mean, that's literally how I, I did my land in Vegas where I was like, dude, this is what I want. And therefore it was valuable to that type of customer. But anyways, um, what I'm looking for right now is a thousand acres in somewhere that's like a second home destination. So, um, ideally I'm on the West coast, I'm in Vegas. So like Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, Idaho, those would all be great. You know, somewhere in the mountains, super green, somewhat close to an airport, you know, like 30, 40 minutes away max, um, because rich people want convenience. And so you're going to try and sell to high end clientele. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you got to have convenience, you got to have like second home location and all this stuff, right? So my vision is this, I want to take like, let's just say 80% of it and build this sick golf course community. You know, maybe there's 300 homes on it, right? And they're all going to be two to $5 million homes, let's just say. And from there, I want to take the other 20%. So let's just say 200 acres. And I want to build this Christian retreat center. So I want it to be a for purpose development. And so like if the community crushes, it's going to crush on its own standalone, but then you go donate this 200 acres over here and you develop this Christian retreat center. Um, and you know, you're going to have marriages restored, kids camps and you know, all these cool things. Right. And the nonprofit owns all of it free and clear. Right. Then you can use some of that land to build commercial, so you go build commercial, you go build some restaurants and some other stuff that would benefit the city and that golf course community you're building and, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, the, the nonprofit owns that commercial real estate and that's the cash flow that pays for the nonprofit. So it's self-sustaining. And so for me, it's never really been done before, but I think that from all perspectives, you create this thing that there's going to be people that buy into. Like, essentially, I just need 300 rich Christians who really want to do this, right? Because they're going to be buying into this community, knowing what the purpose is. And then they also know they're going to be around other people who believe in that purpose. And so you kind of create this really cool thing that I don't think is going to be that hard to sell. And I already know how to market, so which is rule number one. Right. So I don't think I'll have a problem selling it. I just got to find the right land and then get to work. That, that'll be the hard part, I think. Nice. You guys heard it, guys. Someone find a uh, someone find Ryan a thousand acres uh, out in Co Colorado for uh, him to develop. It. That's really cool. And like you said, it's it probably hasn't been done over here. I would think, Dan. No. And, and by the way, like I'm dead serious about it. So if anyone has a deal, yeah, email me Ryan at Pineda .co, the deal, and um, you can make a fat wholesale fee or referral fee. I don't <laughs> really care. Or if you're a realtor, make a fat commission. Yeah, that's awesome. 30 minutes from an airport. You heard the criteria, guys. I don't have anything else to add, Ron. You have anything? No, I don't. I really appreciate you coming on here, Ryan. Um, this was really insightful. Definitely a different type of episode, but a lot of good tidbits. And obviously, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. I, 
I actually think that land, just so your listeners know, because they're land, um, like I don't have a ton of experience in land. I mean, I've done some cool things thus far, even though it hasn't been a focus. But I'll tell you the cool thing I've realized, like pursuing this golf course development that land provides that no other thing provides is just like, it, it, it's kind of like its own business, right? Like that piece of land is a business. If you give me that thousand acres, let's just say it, it costs $10 million for easy numbers. Um, it's like, well, think about what that land ends up being worth based on the business idea behind it. And you're like, well, okay, you got, let's just say 300 homes at, uh, I don't know, three, 3 million a piece, right? I mean, that's almost a billion dollars right there that became, you know, created out of thin air, out of an idea of how to utilize this land. And that doesn't even count all the other economic impact that the land has and, you know, the businesses and the like tax, the taxes for the city, right? Like there's all this stuff that would happen from it. Um, that, so it's like, man, you turn in something that costs 10 million into literally over a billion dollars of economic value. Um, that's what a business is. And that's why I like it. And that's why I like, you know, it, it land is really like, there's so many ways to make money with it and your creativity can really stand out. You know, when I flip a house, <laughs> It, there's not a lot of creativity. It is what it is. Like it's just standard plug and play templates and we freaking do it and whatever yeah. land. You can go get it rezoned. You can go get it entitled differently. You can go subdivide it and sell them. Like there's so many creative things you could do that would make it extremely valuable. Well said, Ryan. Well, appreciate you coming on brother. Where, where can those listeners find you? Um, for anyone who wants to invest with me, um, like we we're talking about, you can go to panadacapital.com. And for anybody who has a deal, like I said, email me. And for everyone else, if you want to see the content and stuff we were talking about, like the mountain, you can just go search me on YouTube and any of the other socials. Has a ton on a ton of free, valuable content on YouTube. I've learned a lot from it over the year. But as always, Ryan, appreciate you having here. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you for joining. If you guys have not, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It really helps our business grow, and we really, really appreciate it. But other than that, guys, thank you for joining, and we'll see you next episode. Thanks, guys.